the uh, mic out of your mouth, hair, though. please. Get the mic out of your mouth, please. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> On today's episode of... And welcome back to the Kingpin Podcast. After a long hiatus, we apologize for that. Um, we've been really busy here, had a lot of things going on in all departments and kind of had to put it on the back burner for a little bit of a while. Um, but we are back and ready to go. Nito, how you doing? Good, 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 good. JD, how you doing today? Pretty good. And we are missing Kevin today. He is not here. So Kevin, uh, looking forward to you coming back. But in his place, we have and one of our outside salesmen who covers a lot of territory here in Fresno, Mr. Gabe Ortiz. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing really good. And thank you for taking the time to be here and talk to us a little bit about your day-to-day things and what you do. Um, we're looking forward to the audience getting to know you and a little bit of your insight to the industry and what you've learned since you've been here. So thank you once again. Um, so kind of just to recap a little bit, you are the outside salesman. Um, you primarily work out of the Fresno Thermo King location and, um, tell us a little bit about what your day consists of, um, you know, things that you do, customers you see, and some of the stuff that you have to deal with out there. Well, um, basically I, I take care of the Fresno Kingsburg Madeira area and I go into Dinuba a little bit once a week. Um, I go out and make sure customers are fully stocked on their inventory, um, help them with the uh, unit sales or any problems they have, um, try to get them to the right person if they have an issue. Uh, that's pretty much all I do. And I do that all day and, and I'm running nonstop. Yeah, I know. I know you are busy because I mean, I if and you correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you primarily started with just the Thermo King parts. Um, but since then, I know that you branched out a lot into dealing with some of the trailer stuff that we have over here. And then also our other affiliate company, NVB Equipment, that does cab AC and stuff. And I know you've been really um, working hard at getting your customers to buy those products. Um, sorry about that. Um, buy those products and get them information on that. So I know that's kind of something new for you. Um, now before you started working here though, what industry were you in? Well, okay. Let me uh, give you a little background about me. Uh, so, um, I worked in the motorcycle industry for 16 years. Uh, that was a great job. Loved it. It's a passion of mine. I love riding motorcycles, dirt, street bikes, doesn't matter what they are. Uh, from there, actually, I left into the, uh, gun industry, the firearm industry and went into the firearm industry for four years and did that. I've, I've had a lot of fun jobs. So I got 20 years of just fun stuff, right? You know, and then guns I, and motorcycles. Right. I mean, it doesn't exactly, get right. Than that. That's where I make games. Exactly. <laughs> in the gun industry. <laughs> so, uh, so from there, actually, I went into the automotive industry, which was, which was pretty eye opening. Mm-hmm. you know, cause I've never, I've never done that before. And even coming into the tra- transportation industry, it was a little scary at first, mm-hmm. you know, because I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know any of the product. Um, didn't know the industry at all. Mm-hmm. So coming into this industry blind and learning as much as I've learned in the last two years has been great. And we'll have a lot of great teachers, you know, yourself, Nito, everybody mm-hmm. here in the store. And once, like you said, uh, NVB, all our NVB, our AC stuff that we sell through there. Uh, I did start primarily with the reefer stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's been going really well the first year with the reefer. And, and now the second year, it's been even better. And of course, I've expanded my stuff into the trailer stuff as well as the NVB AC stuff. And it's just getting better and better, you know, every year, I think. And I'm shooting for the stars, you know. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm make and, a big impact here. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think you're definitely on your way. Um, like you said, I know that there's a, a lot of communication and stuff with the other salesmen and a lot of the other managers. And, um, you know, one of the things that I did want to mention that I believe is, is a big success for the company is, um, the personnel that we have, like working the counters and pulling the parts. I mean, without those guys, you can do your job. I can do mine. So they, they pretty much are the backbone of, of what we do. And I don't think that they get enough credit. I mean, 
the counter mm, guys, the mechanics, stuff know. like that. Just kidding. <laughs> well, it's definitely a team effort, and we actually have a really, really good team here. I've come from a lot of good teams. This one's just as good, if not better. Yeah, and and I mean, I'll I'll I definitely agree with you. Um, one of the things I'm curious about, though, is so your transition from automotive into transportation. I mean, tell me a little bit about automotive and some of the things that you dealt with like every day. And then how does that compare to what your current schedule is now and the things that you're having to deal with, with, with customers that you go see? Right. Well, the difference in the automotive compared to the transportation or even the motorcycle industry. Okay. So you got to understand. So, the, so let's go with the start from the top, you know, the motorcycle industry I started in, right? So mm -hmm. that, you know, that's 90% fun. About 10% people use those for transportation. You know, they, that's their main means of getting to work, you know, and doing this and that. Now, the other, the other thing on that side of the motorcycle industry is that a lot of guys, a lot of people, I should say, use that for their stress relief. Yeah. Okay. So you got to understand. So if, if they, they have the regular job that they go to every day and they dislike it, but they're doing it and you have to order something for one of their motorcycles that's been it's on back order if you can't get it right and they come in and that's what they use to de-stress the rest of the work their regular work job mm -hmm. and you don't have that they get pretty frustrated you yeah because I mean? that's their way out and now they have no way out so you know that industry taught me a lot of dealing with people that were pretty irate or upset about us not having something in stock and i would assume too a lot of those people i mean they they want when they want something, they want it very specific right. to how they want it. It's not, hey, I need something that'll, you know, get this trailer rolling down the road. Right. Um, you know, which we deal with a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that there's guys out there that have, you know, trucks that they're owner operators and they want things very specific because not only does that truck make them money every day, but they're living in it. Exactly. And, and they see, want to so, look good going down the road. Exactly. And, and this is the difference. So now then you move over to the automotive industry, right? Where 90% of that is people going to work, getting home, getting to their jobs. So they need to have that vehicle running. That's how they feed their family. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like you got to make sure that you have everything available for them or an answer or a way out to fix it for them. Correct. Mm -hmm. So whether that's going to another dealership, going to aftermarket parts, whatever you got to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Then... Transitioning from that into the transportation industry, which was completely, of, you know, <laughs> a it, fluke is. it was a fluke decision because I'm like, you know, I want to do something different that I've never done before. Yeah. Right. So I just started looking around and I found the ad and I, was, I applied to it and lo and behold, I'm here. Yeah. And it's been really good. I really love what I do. Yeah. So not a lot of people know. I don't even know if you guys know. Gabe was here before and worked a parts counter mm -hmm. and then took off to do his venture on automotives yep. and then mm -hmm. came back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think do it's, do you think the parts counter helped you out a lot? Uh, in, on the reefer side? Yes. Yes, it really did. It helped me understand what the reefer parts were, mm -hmm. uh, how they worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, and no matter what job I've done, as far as that industry, even in the firearm industry, we're always fighting inventory. Yeah. I don't care who it is, what it is. You either don't have it in stock or it's not available. Mm -hmm. And hey, can you tell all our salesmen that? Yeah, you guys listen up, man. You know, I'll tell you from motorcycles to cars to to firearms, it, you back order is a word. It exists, in the, right? It exists okay, in this cool. world very, yeah. very much sure. so. Well, yeah. you know that I I would say this year more than most is something that um we've probably had to learn to deal with the most this year for a lot of different reasons. I mean, it, it's not just the fact that um. You know, like you said, I mean, having the available product on the shelf, but the supply line, which I know we were talking about, you know, but before the show is that obviously with everything that's going on, I mean, that changes day to day. Correct. And then um, we've seen a tremendous amount of, of growth in the trailer side of it. So, you know, a year or two ago where, you know, we were selling X amount of whatever part it was you know, now we're, you know, four or five times that. And sometimes it, it'll just happen in the matter of like three or four days where it seems like every customer all of a sudden wants this specific part, whatever it is. And where, you know, maybe we had to keep 20 on the shelf. Now we're moving 20 in like less than a week, Correct. you know, yeah. for whatever, whatever it is. And I know it's something that I've been really frustrated with 
Um, and then me and you have had a lot of conversations about not just you, but other salesmen too. Correct. Um, because I know that can be really frustrating for the customer and then you guys, cause you know, you're the one out there sitting in front of the customer and having to kind of explain and keep them calm. So that's not an easy thing to do. And most people don't understand that, you know, they, they just, Hey, I want this and they expect you to have it all the time. Um, so I, I would assume that that's kind of similar in the automotive because you have someone, like you said, they need that car to take their kids to school or get to work. And now you got to call them and tell them, Hey, I don't have that. It's not available. It's not available. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, once again, especially, you know, people, a lot of people, Ubers come around such, such a big industry now, you know, and, yeah. and a lot of people, when they worked at Nissan, I mean, that's, they bought the Nissans for the Sentras for Uber because they were so inexpensive. Yeah. yeah. And you can just drive that thing around and pay the car payment every month. No problem. You can pay it the first week. Yeah. So, I mean, you, but the good thing is having the background that I have mm -hmm. and dealing with customers as far as not having inventory, I already know the answers for the customer. Yeah. You know, so I know how to keep them engaged with us mm -hmm. and, and I can get the back orders, you know what I mean? And then they'll wait for them, you know, and that's, that's a really good thing that I think that benefits our store. It does. You know? It does. And I mean, I know there, there's, um, you know, we've been dealing with some stuff over the past week yes. for a very specific product for a customer. <laughs> Um, but, but we were able to kind of work through that. So we do the best that we can to make sure that the customer has the parts in their hand that they need to, um, keep their piece of equipment rolling down the road and making themselves money. So we always are looking at alternatives to make sure that you guys, the listeners are taken care of. Um, we will go out of our way and do whatever it is that, that we can. And, you know, people like Gabe, you know, the guys that are out there on the front lines, I mean, it's very imperative that we have someone out there that's able to, you know, work on that communication with, with the customer. Mm. Um, so, you know, like I said, you know, thank you for that. No, no, thank you guys. I appreciate the, uh, the chance to come out here and actually help you guys and become part of the team. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's been really good so far. I really love it. You know, I've also, I've, I've always told you guys, I've always wanted to be an outside sales rep for, motorcycle industry right because yeah. that's my passion you know and and uh but uh, definitely this is just just as good you know it is it, it is. really is and, you know it's amazing after working or just knowing how essential our jobs really are you know keeping the customers rolling keeping that truck rolling that freight rolling you know and and i never working the other industries i worked in before i never knew i never thought of yeah. you know hey you know this is how we eat this is how we get clothes this is how Everything comes through truck it or does. transportation. It does. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, you know, years and years ago, when I started working in this industry, I started paying attention more when I was like, you know, driving down the freeway, looking at all the different trucks and trailers that are moving product. And, you know, kind of before you never really thought about it, right? It was just, here's a truck and trailer just driving slow in front of me. I just want to get around this guy. But for those of us that are working in the industry. When we see that we understand that, Hey, this guy's under a deadline. There are a ton of places waiting on this product. Correct. Um, and then you start to notice different products too, and, and different trailers. Cause some of them, you know, some manufacturers for trailers and trucks is, is not easy to deal with. And then others are really easy to deal with. So, you know, I know, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like when I go down the road, I'm like, yeah, I can, I can help that guy with that. Or I see that or, man, that guy really needs a set of mud flaps on that trailer, right? right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so that's one thing that, that I noticed that I don't know if now that you're in it and you're driving down the road, I know I like, I always tell my kids, right? Hey, that's this and that's that. And you know, I don't know if they're interested or not, but it is something that people don't understand. Yes. It's, it's actually very true. Uh, Jared, we <laughs> I drive down the road all the time now and I look at semi trucks and I look to see what kind of units on it yeah. to see if it's one of ours, you know, and I will count them sometimes when I'm riding on the freeway. Like if I'm driving to Kingsbury and I see them going the opposite direction, I try to count ours to competitor what the what the ratio, what the ratio is usually you know yeah. what I mean and it's usually like you know about you know seven to one or something like that or yeah. you know so it's it's comparable. I think I'm like when I first started out doing the same thing, but I was counting types of trailers so yeah, Wabash, utility, Vanguard, and 
Well, Man. you know, it's funny because I do pay attention to that I now as that well. Too. I see a, a Vanguard it's, go it's by, weird. or I see yeah, I see a Great Dane in front of me, and I'm like, oh, Great Dane Everest. Oh, okay, I know what that is, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and learning the different suspensions that they use, you know, yeah, you know, so that's really good. So it's funny. This has been, I'm telling you guys, I really love my job, and mm-hmm. we have great customers. Yeah, I'm just telling you guys, I deal every customer I deal with is great. You have your times when people are stressed out and they're trying to get that load out, and like you said, and and the trailer's down or it's waiting, it's loaded, you know, mm-hmm. and they got to get out and and we try to do our best, whether it's dealing with, you know, Carlos at MVB or dealing with you or mm-hmm. or, your, or Nito's dad, you know, or trying to get get the customer taken care of. You know, we do our best, man. And it, it's like I told Ken Nelson a couple weeks ago, we do, we do quite a bit. You know, we do a lot for our customers. We do. We put our customers first as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I love because that's where I came from. Mm-hmm. The, no matter what industry I worked in, I always took care of the customer first, right? And uh, used to have a, a my old boss named Terry Pickle from Clausen, and uh, he always used to tell me this, this, and this just stuck in my head. He's like, "Customers always right, even if they're wrong, Gabe." Mm-hmm. And it's always stuck in my head forever. And I've used that through my whole life and what I've done, and it's worked really well for me. Yeah, and you know th- that that saying is thrown around a lot, and I think that people kind of have a misconception about that saying, you know, and, and, um, I, to me, and I, I'm only going to speak for myself mm-hmm. when I hear people say that, I, I guess what I, goes through my head is when people say the customer is always right, even in the case that, that they're wrong right. is that people need to understand that without that customer, we don't have a job. Correct. So even though maybe what the customer is wanting may not be completely possible, but the point is, is that you do your best to make sure that the customer is satisfied with the service or the parts or whatever it is that, that they're getting. So you definitely want to, you know, when you're engaging that customer in every transaction to kind of keep that in your head that, you know, that little saying, Hey, the customer is always right because they're the ones that are spending the money with us. Um, and those are the ones that we want repeat customers. Correct. Those are the things that, that, you know, keep the wheels and the cog turning without them. You know, we don't, we don't have anything. So the, it's, it's, it's very important that people understand not just the one customer that comes in and buy something, you know, the fleets, but, um, the customers that come in for service, it, it encompasses everyone. Correct. Um, and then I know also and, and, you know, we talked a lot about kind of what you do and dealing with the parts, but you've also really kind of been working with, um, Nito a lot on the Tyco end of it. Yeah. On the yard goats. Correct. Yeah. And I know that, and this is one of the reasons probably why we haven't been, um, you know, recording these podcasts is you've been busy. Ag season. Yeah. You, ag you season. hit ag season. Big and time. It's exploded. Once ag season hits or... Christmas or Thanksgiving when the ports are, you know, going full 24 seven or, um, you know, some of our customers are running more than usual because of the holidays, selling more out of more stuff, even though this whole COVID stuff, Mm -hmm. I I would say this year has been a pretty big year and yeah, it's it's been crazy. Yeah. It's been a crazy year. It it, it has been. And I think one of the things that, that, in my opinion, that's attributed to that is, you know, some of the manufacturers for new trailers and new trucks, they, they couldn't work for a while. So orders that they were trying yeah. to fulfill, I mean, kind of got either canceled or, or pushed back. So, um, in previous years, you know, most big fleets, what they'll do is, I mean, they'll lease their equipment for X amount of years and then they trade it out. Well, with the whole situation with the pandemic that's going on and, you know, new OEs not being able yeah. to produce the amount of new equipment that they were from the previous year. Now we have people that have no choice, but they have to fix that what truck, got. what they have. Um, and then with everyone also staying home now, instead of the consumer going somewhere and, and buying something and bringing it back to their house, everything is being sent to their house. So, you know, us on our end of it, or transportation, we have to make sure that that, that happens. And so I know that and we, we got to remember the manufacturers like Tyco or 
whatever yard goat manufacturer, trailer manufacturer, or, you know, brake manufacturer, whatever it may be, anything parts related or equipment related. If one person, because of COVID, tests positive in that room, they shut down the whole thing. Correct. Yeah. So they're out two weeks. And if they're building seven trucks a day or three trucks a day or X amount of trucks, whatever it may be, your trailers, they're down to zero because the shop's closed. Right. So now that becomes supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Now we got trucks where right now it's a market where people, including myself and other vendors, were reaching out to each other. Hey, what do you got? What can I borrow? What can I buy off you? And you're like, well, we sell the same damn product. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. And you're fighting over the same palleted brake shoes. Or yeah. you're just fighting over one truck and you're like, hey, I really need that truck. Well, what's it going to make you? Ah, it's going to make me a good year. Well, it's only going to make me a couple good months. You could have it. Yeah. Like, and, and and you're learning who, unfortunately, is going to help you out and who's not. Yeah. And in this business, it's a cutthroat business, but it's such a large community, but yet so small. It yeah. is. It is. And and I think, you know, what you're saying is right. Like kind of some of the stuff that, that Gabe deals with. I mean, because, you know, yes, we have competitors around us, but if we don't all work together, you kind of start establishing that reputation that, you know, it's like, Hey, why am I going to help this guy out when he needs something? Cause when I needed it, he wasn't there, right. you know? And I know that you're on the phone, like every day you have people calling you for yard trucks. It's, it's so weird. It's like, we could go two months dry. Mm. Won't hear nothing. Just, Just working up. on trucks. All of a sudden, you got Joe Blow calling me. He wants 30 trucks by next week. And you're like, well, what the hell, dude? It's just booked from last year. Yeah. <laughs> We've got yeah. nothing for you. And and it's happening. Even my own customers, I got one, said, hey, you know, we're going to bump up to 10 trucks next year. I got another one that went from 12, 13 trucks. Right. Mm-hmm. I was only get, able to give them 10 this year. Right. Yeah. But that relationship was kind of their fault, and they know it. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about it already. I talked to him this morning and we're like, Hey, they're like, Hey, what it is, what it is. Yeah. Well, but, and that's, that's one of the things like what you're saying is I don't, you know, and, and you know, Gabe, you can probably attest to this is that the product that, that you're dealing in, I mean, these things are scheduled a year out. Correct. So now all of a sudden, you know, you, you write this contract and you deliver the product, but now even like for you, Gabe, you're, you're going in to see these guys and make sure that, they're taken care of. And Correct. all of a sudden they come up to you and they're like, Hey man, I need three more yard trucks. Right. And, and then you're on the phone over here with Nito. And he's like, I don't have anything available because all this stuff was scheduled a year out. Right. So, you know, and I know I say this all the time when we, when we do these podcasts, but for those of you that don't understand that are not in the industry is that when you say ag season, um, that also coincides with like the third and fourth quarter. So our ag yes. season kind of trickles from um, kind of falling into the September. beginning, the end of second quarter, right. beginning of third quarter. Right. And it'll go for sure third and fourth. Third being our busiest ag part. And then half of our fourth being busiest ag. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we're transitioning to, I need 10 trucks at the port. Yeah. And you're like, why? You could have told me a year ago. You right. could have told me two years ago and I would have been okay. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, these trucks ain't cheap. No, they're so not. So nobody wants to buy them. Yeah. Right. They're, it, it, if they buy some, they want to buy something out of car compliant, something that's only going to cost them like 10 grand. They don't want to spend. Which is not available. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> exist. California. That it does not exist. exist. Yeah. That's Just a unicorn. Record, we don't sell. That is a unicorn. Just so you guys know. Well, yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. But it, it's, it's. Nobody in the ag in the agriculture business they run three months out of the year. Mm-hmm. Some some even a month, some two months. Yeah, tomato season runs two months. Right. Nobody wants to sit on a a piece of equipment, twenty thousand dollar truck. Right. Keep a maintenance on it mm-hmm. and only use it for two months. Correct. And it, it, but it also goes to say is that whether they're you know their busy season is a month, two months, three months is they have to make all their revenue in that short amount of yep. time in order to sustain that company Correct. and all their employees. So that's where, you know, people like Gabe and Nito come into play right. and try to schedule those things so that when that time does come, that guy's prepared, Yeah, you know, and, and, and that's what we do. And I know you've been on the phone a lot, making a bunch of different deals and bringing in trucks from different States and, 
We move stuff around. Yeah, we, mean, we well, you know, we all stuff. we also try to discover their wants and their needs, and and there's other industries that they're part of that they do that we try to get involved with as well, so that we have mm-hmm. them covered. You know, even for longer than just the ag season, because yeah. some of these industries do uh, companies do diversify into other stuff, which diversify, and they will diversify into different stuff that we we can supply them yard truck. For. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the thing with the trying to. The, the best thing we can do for a customer is lock them into like a three-year contract, three, five-year contract, no matter what they have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the best the, way. The, the best thing is getting them locked into it, mm-hmm. but maintaining a reputation. Correct. Yeah. Because this is one thing that my customers and a lot of our customers, I shouldn't say my, they're ours because we mm-hmm. all deal with them on a different. Right. Different level. Know, different level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's keeping up with our service. Yeah. Um, our service here is. I actually stand by it. I stand by it. Like it is. I, I mean, don't, I don't, I'm trying not to cuss, but yeah, all I know, bullshit I aside, all bullshit aside, mm-hmm. it's our, our service has been pretty damn good. It here. is. We, we are very proactive about identifying issues or problems that can potentially happen and dealing with them before they actually become a problem. And most of the times the customer doesn't even know, um, you know, for example, I know that last year, me and you, um, we, we were looking into different products and mm-hmm. we found, um, the geotabs, which Correct. you installed on every single yard truck that you have. Mm-hmm. So regardless of whether that customer buys leases, that piece of equipment, anything that happens with it. So any kind of codes or anything immediately you get notified. So Correct. even if someone bought a yard truck from you Correct. and you haven't heard from them in a year, you can still call them up and say, you know, hey, Joe, I don't know if you know, but that yard truck mm-hmm. you have has, you know, codes on it for the the deaf system. Right. Do you want me to go out there and take care of that? Correct. You know, and that's been a real shock for for customers because going back to what you were saying, Gabe, is that we really try to be proactive right. at, you know, making sure that the customer Discover comes them pain first. points. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's all about the pain points. You yeah. discover those pain points and you take care of it and you get a solution for the customer right away. And mm-hmm. that's what um, we are developing a reputation at Thermo King, whether it's yeah. Thermo King trailer parts, reefer parts, or even our MVB parts. We are, we're changing the culture, I think here to make it a lot better for our customers mm-hmm. as well as ourselves. Cause you know, you know, we're here for our customers. It's like we, if we scratch their back, they scratch our back, right? Yeah. So we make sure they're they're up and running. They help us get product. So it, it's a beautiful thing. I think it is. And and I think that we do that by um, increasing our expectation of ourselves. Yes. You know, because, yeah, at the end of the day, it's always a business, right? right. And every business has to make money. But I always feel there the there is an ethical way to make money. Yes. And then, you know, there's just making money. And I think for, you know, here at Thermo King, we really try to take care of not just the employees, not just take care of the business, you know, but the customers also, because they're, they're kind of a part of the team. Correct. A very essential part of the team. And that's the relationships we develop as an outside salesperson with these customers. It's just, it's a good thing. You know, we develop that customer relationship where... I've got a customer that wants to go for a motorcycle ride with me, you know, mm-hmm. on our, on our off day yeah, because he knows I ride, you know, and it's, but it's, it's customers like that, that uh, the, the, the customer service that I try to use with all our customers and I get, it gets pretty personal sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. but I always know where to draw the line where business stops and personal starts, you know, so yeah. no matter what, but I try to take really good care of our customers because that's our long-term goal is keeping customers for life. Right. That's, that's exactly right. Now, I got a question for, for you guys. Cause I, I know you've been, you know, and I keep bringing up the yard trucks cause it's really been a, like a very hot topic over the past couple months. So one of the things that, that you guys had said is that, you know, when you get a customer in for, you know, lock them into, you know, three or five year contract. So let's say I come to you and I say, Hey, you know, next year I'm going to need 10 trucks. Um, and then next year comes and you, you call me up. Okay. We're going to bring out 10 trucks. Now, what if I say, well, we're down a little bit, so I might only need eight. How do you, how do you handle that? How do you deal with it? You know, honestly, <laughs> there's I, usually I, a demand. I, I, there, 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 I will always, and, and even though it's on a contract where you're going to get 10 a year and you can't take two, 
that's fine. There's, I will always find, especially during ag season, there'll always be a home for it. So for me, honestly, sometimes it's a blessing in disguise where I might got two trucks that just caught fire or rolled over where I could send these two. And so honestly for us, it's, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, this season because of the demand and, uh, honestly the shortness of trucks, not being enough trucks in California itself, there's trucks that were brought in from New Jersey just to, you know, deal with some of the demand here in just Fresno County. That's not, we're not, we're not even talking California. We're talking Fresno County. Yeah. Yeah. Just here at home. So just here we've had, I, I, I mean, I've handed business off to other people. I, from Kerman to, I've handed off business just because I don't have that. I don't have enough. Yeah. But, and it's just, it's very expensive. To, but now you're always willing to, to work with a customer. No like, yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, obviously th- this year, I mean, it's kind of, it's a weird no year. one really knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Right. right? Correct. And I don't care what industry you're in. Yep. I mean, that, that just kind of goes, you know, across the board, but in a normal year, like what we were talking about, I mean, you're always going to work with the customer and, you know, make sure that, Hey, look, yeah, this is what we agreed on, but we'll make it work. We'll, we'll and, figure something out. And we had, we, it, 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 this was a good year for getting to know my customers mm-hmm. a little bit more because they knew off the back how many trucks I had available for them. And I was, I was telling them, Hey, when, if you're a day, like two days before your end of your season, give me a call. Yeah. I won't even charge you to pick them up. Mm-hmm. I'll pick them up and get them here. And we did. Oh yeah. I had guys working, including myself Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. We were out busting 12 hours a day, 14 hours, whatever we had to get some trucks in and yeah. out. Like they literally touch ground. Some trucks, we didn't even take them off the truck. Just All we did direct. is wash them and gone. Filled and them, send them out, regen them, make sure they were good. Got them out of here. Mm-hmm. Some yep. of them touch ground. As soon as they touch ground, the customer was here to pick them up. Yeah. Like literally we were on off, offloading, uploading. Like we were just, and we had trucks to leave this year. I don't know. Furthest truck probably went to Canada. Oh really? I didn't know we that. Had, we had two yeah. go to Canada this year, mm-hmm. maybe four. Um, I mean, it's, it's such a crazy industry right now. It's been very volatile. I would say yeah. over the past couple months, you could throw up the cards in the air and see what you catch. Yeah, I hope happen. it stays this way for a long time. Well, and uh, you know, I, I think that's one of the surprising things too is that, um, you know, we didn't really know. I, I want to say back in March or April, around then when everything was sketch. Yeah, we no one really knew what the heck was going to happen tomorrow and, and the day after. Yeah, I mean, it was there was there was a lot of like worried people. There was out a lot there. of doubt and I had a lot of doubt myself. There was, yeah. you know, and this and there year still is. There there is, but I think that you know, one of the things that we've kind of have had to learn this year is always hit that moving target no matter what. You know, no matter like you said, no matter what, because especially for, you know, a guy like you having to go out and I know I keep bringing this up, but you know, you are the guy that's got to stand in front of the customer right. and and kind of answer for everything that's yeah. going on over I here. I got to get yelled at. I got to, I mm-hmm. got to get, you know, you I take the good get, and the I bad. I got to get the praise and I got to get the, the yeah. negative as well. Yeah. There, so, there was moments we didn't know what we were going to do with the salesman. Yeah. Like, are we going to have them go see customers? Yeah. We're, and then it was the other way around. Were we going to let salesmen into our yard? And that was kind of what I was getting at, you know, kind of going down this road is, how is this year with, you know, all the stuff that we've had to deal with, with, with COVID, like for you on a personal level, how is that, you know, going out and dealing with all those things? Very stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, you get your, you go to a shop and a guy's sneezing or they're not, nobody's doing social distancing or anything like that. And you come in there and, and, you know, I have, you know, I have a daughter who's has, has um, compromised immune system. So I have to be very careful, you know, and, uh, I love you, baby. And, uh, <laughs> get that but, in there, throw it in yeah, there. Throw but, it in uh, there. Um, you know, so it's, it's a real, real fine line for me to walk, you know, and there's a lot of question in my mind myself of, you know, what I'm, if I'm doing this, the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the job so much, you know, it's, it's a great place to work. And I just, I just take all the precautions I can. Yeah, you know, I take every precaution. We're washing my hands, 
uh, wearing a mask, you know, whatever I got to do, you know, um, some, some of the shops I've been to recently have been, have actually tested positive mm-hmm. and, and I have actually left their stuff out at the front gate yeah. with mm-hmm. the inv- a rock on their invoice, holding yeah. the invoice yeah. down. And I'm, I'm like, have a great day. Guys. But I think but most they understand, customers, yeah, they understand, they understand, you know, with, with the environment, the way it yeah. is and, and everything. And, and I, have, I have a few customers that are like, still even to this day are like, Hey, I've had a fever last week. Mm. You know, I just want to let you know. So let's stay apart. Um, just leave my stuff here and um, I'll, I'll text you my credit card number. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll just yell. I had one guy last week yell it to me from 10 feet away. Right. <laughs> so I ran his credit card on my computer. Like, yeah. all right, man, here's your receipt. I left it here on the floor with next to his parts. Yeah. You know, and said, hey, see you later. You know, and thank you, yeah. man. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and we, we try to do our best, you know, and, and I think every sales guy that, works here with us is doing the same thing. Yeah. And cause I was just curious. And I mean, I think that's something that I don't know if we've really discussed as, as a group, anytime that, that, you know, we've gotten together is, you know, dealing with, um, that aspect of the job. Right. Because so I come in and I have my office and I have my normal guys that I'm around controlled and, environment. Yeah. You know, everyone wears masks or our distance or, you know, does whatever, but for you, it's a different environment every day and not just every day, but it could be every hour. Oh, multiple times an hour. Yeah. Correct. So yeah, I think so that's the, the one, other thing you don't do is you don't go in any anybody's offices anymore. Yeah. Not right yeah. now. It's mm-hmm. a big no, no. Yeah. You don't, you, you go to the yard, you, know, you do what you got to do. If they need a, a quote on a unit, if they need a quote on a, a tri-pack or something like that for their truck or a cab system, you know, you, you, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. And what's your email address? And, you, and that's another thing we use is a lot of email now. So, I mean, it's a lot of distance of everything, right? So now, you know, zoom, whatever you got to do to make it happen, to take care of the customer. Yeah. So, you know, so it's FaceTime or whatever you got to talk to customer on the FaceTime mm-hmm. and discover what they need and get them, get the stuff out to them. And that's with, as even with you guys helping with our parts runners, you know, it's been, it's been amazing. Yeah. I appreciate I, your guys' help, man. It helps me a lot. Well, that's that's what we're here for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that especially this year, email and cell phones all day is like so instrumental in in getting the job done. It's you a tool know, all the time. It's just a tool in the job. Yeah. Um, so let let's let's back up a little bit. We mm-hmm. kind of, you know, covered what you deal with and you know, the different ways in which you help all of us. And you gotta have some good stories from <laughs> like whether it be in the gun industry or the motorcycle industry. You gotta have a couple good ones. Man, I have so many good stories, man. I'll but remember, tell you. it's gotta be appropriate. Right, it's a big PG. right, right. Well, PG, I, even G rated. Well, I'll quit it. Yeah, no, you know, honestly, you know, um, there's so many stories out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been so blessed. Uh, some of the, you know, some of the, I have some really good stories. Like some of my, some of my customers from the motorcycle industry have become my best friends, you yeah. know? And I, I ride with my buddy Darius, my brother Darius. I ride with him. Like we ride all over the place on our motorcycles and I, and we met through Clausen's, you know, we met through the motorcycle industry and we still ride together every year. Mm-hmm. Of course, COVID year, there was no riding, you know, no, no motorcycle rides anywhere, no Washington, Oregon, none of that stuff. Um, but yeah, we, uh, well, let me see if I can find a good story for you guys. So, um, some of the, the make sure you leave out names. Yeah, no, I won't put any names in there. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I kind of want. I'm no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Everybody's innocent until proven guilty. Come on, Nito. In what state? <laughs> well, in this state, everybody's innocent. Doesn't matter. Right. Uh, sorry. Let's not get political. Yeah, let's not get political. Let's not get political. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, but so I mean, uh. Dude, I'll tell you, you know, in the motorcycle industry, working at Clausen's was great. Uh, when I first started working there, I I didn't know very much. I just had a passion about riding motorcycles. I didn't mm-hmm. know very much. I had a lot, I know, not a lot of knowledge of the older stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much of like the jet skis and all that stuff that they do. Um, but working there, we actually had a really, really good days. Uh, we had really good weekends, like on our days off. We used to be able to borrow the jet skis in the summertime. Oh, really? Oh, dude, and we go to the lake. You know, I mean, they would let us take two jet skis at a time. Wow. You know what I mean? We'd go to the lake and hang out and ride jet skis all the time. And and then somebody got hurt and messed it all up. Of course. <laughs> there's always one guy. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and even myself, because I was re- always ridden motorcycles, you know, for a few years there, I didn't I didn't own a motorcycle because I couldn't afford to buy one, right? Because mm-hmm. I was strapped for cash. 
And uh, dude, I was the only one of the only guys there at Clausen's that would, uh, was actually on the insurance, so I was actually allowed to ride the demo bikes that we had there. So, so you kind of had a bike without having to pay for it. Correct. I, I, <laughs> so, nice. that's, yeah. So, and so in the motorcycle industry, they actually, when they get a bike from out of state, mm-hmm. has to have 7,000 miles on it to sell it in California, right, as a used motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So they would buy some bikes at the auctions that were out of state, and, and they would have only 2,000 miles on them. So really? they would be like, hey, Gabe, you want to take this bike for a couple months? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> oh, why dude? not? So, and, and dude, that was one of the best benefits I had there, you know, as well as, the, you know, the owners were really great, great yeah. people. You know, they were good, good people. Um, they took care of me for a lot of years, but I also took care of them because I did a lot of work for them. And, you know, yeah. I ran a lot of interference for them quite a bit. You know, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went over to the gun industry from there. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I've been in, always been in the firearms and, and riding motorcycles is what I do, right? And... uh and the shooting range. And that was a great time. They got a lot of people, good people working there, good owners that work there too, as well. The owner of the shop, it was really good mm-hmm. uh, about taking care of his employees. You know, uh, we had a lot of benefits there. Um, I saw some pretty wild stuff while I was there. I you imagine know? so. And uh, stuff that I really want to talk about on the radio or on the, on the podcast. But uh, uh, I've got a really cool uh, picture that I had put on Facebook one time. Mm-hmm. A guy came in in a Santa Claus outfit Right. <laughs> and it was Christmas time, of course, like now. And he wanted to look at some old revolvers, right? Some old single action Ruger Ficaro revolvers. Right? Uh-huh. So I stood behind him. I said, somebody take a picture of him behind him. So I took a picture behind this guy holding the revolver Santa Claus outfit. And and I posted on Facebook, you know, hey, even Santa Claus knows where to shop for guns. <laughs> <laughs> and that thing blew up, man. It was crazy. Right. And everybody freaked out. It was awesome. And, uh, it was, it was great. And then I have a good friend of mine that I met at, at the range as well that, um, that works for channel 24, right. Mm-hmm. And he's like the executive producer of, of channel 24. And, mm-hmm. and he goes, Hey man, you want to come out and check out the uh, studio? And I'm like, yeah, dude. And went and checked out the studio and, and I posted that on Facebook as well. Cause I was on the, I was at their news desk, right. He took a yeah. picture of me at their news desk on one of their laptops. And I'm like, coming to you live at six, you know, and it was another blow up of, of Facebook. <laughs> it was just great. Good times. It, it was really good times. But, you know, the, 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 one of the best stories I have from the motorcycle industry, going back to that, is uh, a guy coming in buying a brand new motorcycle, right? Mm-hmm. And he wanted the fastest thing you can buy, right? And this guy had like a little 600 motorcycle. He wanted the fastest 1400, yeah. 1300, whatever you could get. The guy purchased the bike, qualified all that financing, all that stuff. He's in our back parking lot, and we used to have a Mercedes used to be, uh, her Mercedes used to be next door to us, right, uh-huh. before and back in the day. And there was a brick wall between us and that dealership. And the dude ran right into the wall. Oh, Jesus. You know, he wasn't going fast. You like, know, he, he, bu- the, he bought a bike. He bought the bike. Took off. Just signed the paperwork. And ran it straight, and into, straight into, into the wall. the wall. Couldn't steer it, dude. And I was like. What the heck? And the guy was so embarrassed, right? You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, yeah. You know, thank God the guy didn't get hurt. You know what I mean? But yeah. he damaged the motorcycle, of course. Brand new freaking bike. So it went straight to our service department. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I, was, I mean, I would, imagine, I would imagine you probably have a lot of that, like oh, yeah. inexperienced riders yes. that were going in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're thinking, Dude, there's no way you should be buying this motorcycle. Right. I mean, but but now, do you do you tell him that? No, no, you no. just sell it to him. You know huh? what I mean, yeah, you sell him the I bike. I guess if he's got the money. The guy know? had a 600 before. You know, you honestly think the guy knows how to ride, and then he gets out there on the road and shows you op- complete opposite. You know, you're <laughs> I like, I would have took off running. Just for the record, I wreck a brand new bike. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I'm running. We we didn't laugh at we didn't laugh at first. Trust me. We yeah. were like, dude, are you okay? And he's yeah. like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm like, okay, man, get up. Let's get you up, man. He was so embarrassed, and he starts laughing. So of course, we all start laughing. You know, it's just wow. amazing to see that. You know, and no, what I'm saying is, that if I was the writer, I would oh. take off running. Yeah, I'd be, I'd have been too damn embarrassed. Well, but they I'll already t- have your name. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not gonna find you. I know. Hey, well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little story from me Somebody back in the it. day, right when you when I was a younger and teeny bopper, you know, under 20 years old, and. I had my first one, my first motorcycles, and I used to ride down Kings Canyon with all these guys, you know, friends mm-hmm. of mine and my brother Tony. And uh, we're down at Kings Canyon at the Mean Ed's down there, and we're, we're doing a U turn inside the parking lot, and I dropped my bike Ooh. in front of all these girls. Yeah. 
and three girls had to get it off my foot because I couldn't <laughs> get it. <laughs> Talk about embarrassing. Yeah. 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 It's one of the most embarrassing times of my life. So. Probably shouldn't have told that story. I wish somebody had it's a okay. picture online I somewhere. Have no, I have no shame, man. Trust me. You know, I'm open book. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, now, I know that you were also telling me before the show that yeah, obviously riding motorcycles is you have a huge passion for you were actually riding over here this weekend in the rain and yeah it wasn't just a little bit of rain either well at least not when right. i was out i mean i wasn't out riding my motorcycle but mm-hmm. i mean dude why? why dude i love it uh in the rain like yeah oh dude this rain in the valley is nothing compared i'm telling you i my buddy and i my brother darius and davina we ride every year canada Washington, we just ride, right? Oregon, Portland rain compared mm-hmm. to Fresno rain or Seattle rain compared to Fresno rain. Yeah. Two different worlds, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Because over there, it's 20 degrees colder, right? As well as it is, it rains big drops compared to what we <laughs> rain here. Big drops. <laughs> That's, it, you, you've been, been in Oregon, Washington area. It's all green, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason for it, why it's all green. Yeah. You and, know, that's funny because- a while back I was up there for like a week um, and I, I kind of was in Portland and I drove up to Seattle mm-hmm. and I didn't experience rain at all for a whole week. You and every lucky. Yeah. And every, and, it, and it was, it was warm. It was like 75 degrees and everyone was like, I don't know what's up with this weather. And I was like, man, this, this is great. Why aren't you guys loving this place all the time? So I, I guess it's not like that all the time. It's not. My nephew lives in Powell Wyatt, mm-hmm. Washington, just a, uh, 20 minutes uh, east of Seattle mm-hmm. and it's snowing over there right now. Oh, really? You know what I mean? So That's what I want. I want some snow. I like to visit the snow, but I would not like to live in it. It's, so Yeah, it's fun <laughs> to visit. Yeah, but living in it every day has got to be I've tough. I've ridden in the snow on my motorcycle. We rode to Reno one year. My brother went to get married mm-hmm. up in Reno, freaking uh, the Reno rally, right? And, yeah. And it actually snowed us in Truckee. Oh, wow. And it's funny because I'm, I'm the guy, Mr. Safety, right? I wear all the gear when I ride on, you know, and, and my brother always giving me stuff about, Hey man, we got to wait for Gabe. Cause he's got to put all his gear on, you know, cause they just put their helmet on and go. Right. And I'm like putting my gloves, you know, and, uh, they're like, okay. And when we got into that snow in Truckee, everybody's pulling over because they're freezing, right? <laughs> Trying to find, find their gear. I kept trucking. <laughs> I'm like, I got all my gear on. I just kept going. My brother froze. He had a little sweater in his back, in his saddlebag. And I'm like, I have my rain gear, everything on, dude. I'm like, just rolling down the road. No problem. Oh yeah. You know, so, and it's funny, you know, like doing that, you know, and then coming into this industry and seeing, uh, the trucks, you know, and they come, you know, you can see how dirty they are and they've been through you all know, this stuff, yeah, man. Were, it's like, mm-hmm. I remember riding in that stuff, you know, yeah. and you could see the dirt and the snow on the side of the truck, you know, when they came from wherever they came from, it's, it's amazing to see how everything is connected. Yeah. You know what I mean? From every industry in the world, from automotive to guns, to motorcycles, to, to the transportation industry, you know, guess how motorcycles get here. Exactly. They come on a truck. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I crate. never thought about that right until I I started working here, and I'm like, you know, all those times I worked at Clausen's, and they'd show up in a, a truck, just full of units, you know, with jet skis or quads, whatever it was in, and yeah. motorcycles. They're all in a crate, like you said, and I'm like, oh wow, you know, we sell stuff for those trucks. You mm-hmm. know, we keep those trucks running, thing, so that that industry can get what they need to supply their customers, right? Yeah, that guy that's stressed yeah. out during the week, Correct. he can get on his Ex- bike. And ride and relax. Because of the service that, exactly. that we provide. That we provide. That's, yeah. And that's why I love being part of this industry. This industry will never go anywhere, and it's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the more that we adapt towards this industry and towards the changing times, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be better ourselves in the long run as well as our customers. You know, So it'll be great. It's, it's really good, really, really good what we're doing here. I mean, we're doing a great thing for our customers. I believe so, too. Now, um, we'll, we'll wrap this up here, Gabe, but what I do want to ask you is, um, being as that you have come from, you know, a couple of different industries that are really not related to this at all. Um, and that I'm still going to consider you fairly new. Um, what is the one thing that you want the people that are listening and the customers that we deal with to know about not just what you do, but us as a company? The main thing they, I'd want our customers to understand is that we're going to be here for them no matter what, no matter what we will listen to them. 
we'll listen to what they have. I listen to the customer. So that's the one thing you got to do is stop. I always tell myself, shut up and listen, right? Let them talk. Let them talk. You're going to discover stuff you didn't even, you wouldn't even think about it asking just by listening, right? So then you know what their needs are and their wants are. So we know what their wants are, but we really want to focus on their needs, right? Because we got to keep them running no matter mm-hmm. what. So we can work on the wants, okay, but the needs are the main things. So I think we've been pretty good about relaying that information to our managers, yourself, you know, whether it's reefer or trailer or whatever parts that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but customers just understand we're here for you. Mm-hmm. We're here for you no matter what. We're going to take care of you. Uh, if we if we mess something up, we're going to, we're going to fit, make it right, you know, no matter what. Uh, I, I'm going to do my best to take care of the customer and make sure that we're rocking and rolling no matter. Well, I couldn't have said it any better. Um, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you. I know you took the kind of last half of your day. Yes. Um, so I apologize to any of the customers that didn't get to see him today. That's my fault. Um, feel free to call me and, and yell at me about that. I doubt um, that'll happen. But, uh, <laughs> you know, thank you very much. Um, you know, for, for, for being on the show. Hey, thanks for letting me be part of you guys' team. I really do enjoy this job. Yeah. I really do. We'll have to see if you can break the record for um, listeners. Listeners. Oh, oh, that would yeah. be great so, to see. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to try, no doubt. Yeah. So anyway, um, we'll wrap it up. And um, I know, JD, you want to go ahead and go over the ways that if people have any questions or comments about the show um, or anything that they want to hear, um, I know that there's some different ways they can get a hold of us. Go yeah. for it. Uh, first of all, you could go to our website, thermokingca.com. Uh, that could lead you directly to both the Instagram for the shop, which is at TK Sankow. And then there's also the one for the podcast at kingpin.pod. And then if you want to email us for any questions, uh, email us at media at TKSankow.com. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys. Until next time. Thank you. Have a great day.